week on one week off thing going on here so uh we we may or may not be (laughs) doing that in the future but guys you never know who you're gonna reach doing a podcast like this and one of the people that has been listening to our show has been kind of in the background as we've been doing our our little like um monthly meetups which by the way we have one coming up here pretty soon we'll talk about that towards the end of the show uh, is a guy named Bobby Baranowski and RRC as he's listed here as in the author of this book, his book called past life journeying. And when I saw really what it was about, because, you know, it's been really something that I've been curious and I really have not talked a lot about on the show is the concept of reincarnation. I said, well, Hey, why don't you come on, come on the show and it would be great to have you on Bobby Baranowski. Welcome to conspiracy normal. Thank you, guys. Thanks for the invite. Yeah, thanks for coming on. Um, You have also known as Bobby B. Bobby B. Bobby B. Yes. Um, You have a book called Past Live Journeying. Um, Just show it for your (laughs) benefit because nobody else will see this. Okay. But uh, which has a cover drawn by Red Pill Junkie, as I understand. Yes. And it's called Past Live Journeying: Exploring Past, Between, and Future Lives, and that's what we're going to talk about tonight. So, Bobby, um, let's talk about you and your own personal journey and how you found out about the means of past life regression that you're going to talk about, which is a non-hypnotic means of of past life regression. Let's kind of just talk about you and how you came to discover this. So, uh, long-time interest in paranormal topics. Um, I was talking to someone else and I realized my uh, my gateway drug was a Frank Edwards book back in the day when I was a little kid. Uh, I think it was Stranger Than Science uh, with you know all those stories about Casper Hauser and poltergeists and mosses and lichens on the moon and Mars and stuff like that. So even as a little kid, I was kind of fascinated with this. Later on, the I remember carrying around the Mothman prophecies as like it was a weird, like there was something about that book that really stuck with me. Um, and then later on, I was a musician uh, in grew up in New York City and connected with a band from Texas. It was going back and forth to uh, to Dallas to play. And I met uh, some friends of the band down there and they introduced me to something called the awareness techniques. Um, this is in the late 70s. Um, and it was a non hypnotic method of accessing past lives that was uh put together by a couple from uh, Florida, William and Diane Swigard, who had a bookstore in Miami. And um, they published a series of pamphlets in 1970, starting with Awareness Techniques, book one. And um, just like a 52 page pamphlet that they were selling through ads in the back of uh, Fate Magazine back in the day, but one of the things they did is put ads in, in in magazines like Fate, and you could send a stamped self-addressed envelope in the pre-internet era 
to uh, their address in Florida, and they would include a set of the instructions for uh, guiding this past life um, process without hypnosis. Um, and they claim to have distributed 10,000 of these all around the world. Um, and my friends in Dallas had done just that. And that's how I learned to, they, uh, on one of the trips, they just said, Hey, try this out. And, um, I, I, I don't even remember my first session cause I've done so many since then, but for some reason I just became the guy going, Oh, man, went back to New York city. Hey, got this thing, sit down and try this, close your eyes, you know, go up in the air, come back down and look down at your feet and tell me where you are and what era you're in. Um, and um, I was always, I, I was just really fascinated by it. But um, the, oh, um, the William Swigard died in 1981. He was only 58 years old. Um, and I thought that the technique had kind of disappeared, even though I, I'd had it and kind of had it in the background as a parallel to all my spiritual meditation and Qigong practices. Um, but I thought it had kind of disappeared and then it was only when I started doing research for the book that I realized that those instructions that they distributed all over the place really got picked up and absorbed by the larger past life regression field uh, with people doing the, the, the more standard uh, hypnotic technique. And um, so I learned it before, you know, Brian Weiss and Michael Newton and those books came out and I learned it without having to do hypnosis, which works out well because I'm one of those people that's not a very good hypnotic subject. I'm, you know, I think there's anywhere 10 to 25% of the population really can't be hypnotized or doesn't hypnotize easily. And another 10 to 25 is very highly hypnotizable. And those are the people you see on stage in Vegas barking like dogs and forgetting their number seven and stuff like that. And um, so uh, I, I kind of bypassed the whole hypnotic workout because I already knew how to do it and was already practicing doing this people work with other people um, without hypnosis. So I never really needed to, uh, to pursue a hip, you know, certification in hypnosis or anything like that, because it, I, it didn't work for me. You know, you, 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 you go with what works for you and this didn't work for me. Um, and then when I moved to Asheville, um, almost 10 years ago, I was trying to invent myself and I realized I had this past life thing. And so I started pursuing it on my own. I started up a meetup, uh, got the website for the pastlivesproject.org. And it was the Asheville Past Lives Project meetup. And we were getting together for about four years from like 26, 20, late 15, 2016 to 2020 when everything shut down. And um, and about a year into the meetup, after getting together for monthly, I had a friend prodding me saying, you need, at first we were just sitting there talking about past lives. You know, other people were introducing me to people like Dolores Cannon and Dick Sutphin and people that were doing past lives. Um, but I had to figure out a way to do a group past life, guided past life journey. And I really had no idea how to do it. So I started doing research and discovered uh, Roger Wolgers, uh, who's a Jungian therapist who was talking about using a non-hypnotic method to using uh, emotions as a bridge. So I realized that I could get people into a 
a group of people into the most positive past life experience that they had so that I didn't take the chance of bringing somebody into a traumatic situation and in a group and not having time to address their whatever issue came up. And uh, it worked really well. And I've been doing that for the last couple of years since I've, since I've figured out that technique. Um, and, and then, you know, I was kind of going along proceeding with the standard linear time progression, the idea that, uh, um, like I was doing a ser- series of interviews with uh, artists and uh, people of, that were just doing interesting work and to find the uh, past life origin of their work. And with the idea that if you went into the past and you found what you were doing then, it would have give you some information about what you were doing in the present. And, um, and it was really fun. But then in 2020, I had a series uh, of time awakenings. It was like four different events that started interestingly at a UFO conference. Um, and there's always a, a, a crossover between my fascination with UFOs and the paranormal and the, the past lives work, which, and, you know, in this case, it was a, there was a guy named Bruce Goldberg doing a presentation at a, um, the mega UFO con in Laughlin, Nevada. And I think it was called uh, Time Travelers from the 35th Century. And previously, I'd been aware of future lives. And I kind of, you know, I've heard about the Seth material. And I just didn't really have an appreciation for it, which is an admitted failing on my part. You know, I realized. But I remember going in there going, okay, I'm going to throw away my my preconceptions. I'm just going to listen to the guy for, you know, an hour and a half. And, and I left there and I thought, there was something really interesting there. So I bought his book, uh, Past Lives, Future Lives Revealed, uh, when I got back to, to Asheville. And then in, so that was in February 20. In April, he did a, a uh, an online webinar, a Zoom webinar. And um, it was a, where he did a past life regression and a future life progression. And I was really surprised to discover a future life because I thought I was such an advanced spiritual being and done decades worth of past lives work that I didn't need to come back anymore, you know, and, and, and I found this absolutely fascinating future life um, living in this science fiction, futuristic 29th century reality. So I nicknamed him George after the dad in the Jetsons. That was a 60s cartoon that might be before you guys' time. But um, um, I I just became fascinated with this, the awareness that I did have a future life and that I could have an access of future life. Um, And so that opened up my awareness to what was going on. You know, so now I've opened so throw open myself to future lives. And then I did in that same time frame, like within, within a, the next week, I did a session with a fellow practitioner because I always work with other people to keep, you know, keep me on my toes. And I was looking for the past life origin of my, this past life work, the work I'm doing now. And um, I found this really fascinating monk Back in, I mean, we're talking, it was 
I was told it was like 30,000 years ago. It was in a different, outside the traditional archaeologically accepted timelines that, that we have here. But he, I was a little kid in a, in a village and there were these monks up on the mountain and they would come down and heal us and, and help treat the villagers. And then I wanted to join them and I was finally able to at 12 and I spent the rest of my life in this, um, in this monastery learning and, and moving progressively higher up the mountain and, Finally, at the end of after like 80 years in this monastery, I transcended the physical body. I basically assumed the light body. And um, it was a it was a fascinating experience. But looking at it afterwards, I realized that that was not the the origin of my work. It was literally the completion of my work. So um, I've so I've already discovered a future life. And now I was realizing that linear time, linear progression through time didn't really work in the big picture either. And, um, and then I did a session, I had a session with a, one of my favorite clients here in Asheville. And after a, a regular session, this person kind of stopped for a second. I, like I record the sessions and, and at the end of the session, I turned off the recording and we were just chatting afterwards like you guys would do in an interview and they said um oh this is for you and downloaded this information for me basically telling me um it's all us it's all now and it's all happening at the same time and it was like it was in there was like a little bit five minutes of information that i got from this person that i remember because i take all my recordings and i'll transcribe them to to get all the juicy details out. I remember printing that out and looking at the stuff that she was telling me because I, you know, I had just as much trouble with simultaneous time as I did with future lives, but it all, you know, there's mentions of it in Bruce Goldberg's book that I hadn't quite realized. And so basically in the course of three months, I learned that linear time doesn't move the same way we do future time, future lives are totally possible and that possibly all of our lives are happening at the same time. And um, all of our lives are, in a, are interacting at any given point. And um, that was complete, up, complete reframing of everything I'd done before because there was nothing in the awareness techniques about um, future lives, and they also didn't cover group techniques. So now I was kind of, I moved off, I evolved into my own technique, which became what I called uh, past life journeying, because I'd been working with a um, shamanic journeying group here in Asheville. I went to work, I went to ask the uh, the woman, uh, Gail Gulick, a question and stayed for the two sessions. And I liked it so much, I wound up going to the weekly meetings for the next two or three years and working with that group. So, and I realized the journeying aspect of it really works and that you have to trust the first image that you encounter when you go into a past life. And you have to make sure that you bring all that information back to your present life and put it into, into uh, use for your, you know, it's all about it. Since it's all us and it's all now as that, as my client told me. Um, and then I've, I've been trying to put together a book for a while. Um, 
the previous book was basically all about the awareness techniques. And I remember I reached out to Red Pill Junkie um, because I'd seen the cover that he had done for another, a different book. And then I, I, I was, was not getting anywhere with the book and I kind of let it go. And then I heard that they announced the, uh, he was doing the, uh, the UFO tarot deck and he was busy on that for like a year and a half. Ufology tarot deck. Yeah. 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 Um, I knew he was going to be busy for that for like a year. And then it just so happened in February, I just finished the, uh, um, the, uh, the draft and I submitted it and to my, I was working with an editor so I could, I needed some help to put all this stuff together. <laughs> and I, I approached him about it and he just had a little bit of time afterwards. And uh, uh, he, it was his idea to do the book with the five different um, past life personalities in front of him. So I gave him a pic, a uh, um, information about the characters, the personalities that I contacted in the book and the costumes they were wearing. And then he incorporated that into the cover, and uh, and it was his idea to do the the black and white grayscale, and uh, that um, that was that was a, a big feather in my cap because uh, I, I you know otherwise I don't know what I would have done for a cover. Uh, it would have been some mess I got off of Fiverr or something, you know, just something, yeah. you know. Um, and so so then the book just came out. Uh, the the uh, paperback. Uh, for you chrononauts from the future, we're doing this in uh, June 2023, but uh, the book just came out uh, June 15th on Amazon. And just today I'm, I'm getting uh, information from people who have gotten the book in the mail and are starting to read it. And uh, so it's it's out there in the world right now. Cool. Yeah, getting that getting that cover I've always uh, felt with like with music. It's like once you start getting that album art, it really feels like it's a it's a thing, you know? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. a great artist. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Everything that you said there, some of that I want to try to, you know, unpack a little bit more. Please. Um, as we go on. But um, let's talk about the technique itself, the awareness technique. And when people think about past life regression, I think that, you know, as you said, they think about hypnosis. And um, what is the difference in the technique that you are using and hypnosis. And it seems to me through reading this that, um, cause I've seen a, I've actually not long ago, saw a past life regression take place, um, using hypnosis. And I'm curious because uh, it seemed a lot of hypnosis with a lot of hypnosis, with a lot of visualization. And it seems like a lot of this is visualization. So can you, you kind of tell what the difference is between, the awareness technique and the hypnosis technique to recall past lives. Yeah. I mean, I mean, it's definitely a subtle difference. You're, you're the awareness techniques is based on the idea that, um, uh, basically stretching out of the body in all six directions and, you know, starting stretching out through the bottom of the feet, through the top of the head, and then in uh, front, back, left and right side and expanding into a bubble and then allowing that bubble to expand upwards, <clears throat> float upwards out of the body. There was kind of a an out of body experience component to this. Yes, yeah, yeah. Because you're you're literally like as a the first time you do it, you're literally you're sending your your energy body, which is that bubble that you expand to, to stand on the roof of the building and look down uh, to the front yard and describe what you see from the vantage point of the roof of the building that you're in, 
and then to go 500 feet up above the the house you're in and look down at your neighborhood. And then there's um, an aspect of turning the lights on and off and seeing it from 500 feet above up, up in the air at night and then turning the lights back on and day, night, day, and then making it a bright, sunny day. And then from that, you know, up above your body, allowing that energy bubble to float down and come back into a, a, uh, another life at a different time at a different place. And um, I, it's interesting. The, 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 I don't, you know, the, the hypnotic technique is a mostly based on a progressive relaxation and then they always go, they're always going down. It's always going down 10 steps, taking an elevator down, going down another 10 steps, depending on the, and I always thought it was interesting, the difference between going up in the air and then going down uh, into the in lower as it goes, instead of going higher. Um, so it's, it's um, again, it's, it's a subtle difference, but, you know, I don't, since it, they don't, I don't need to be a certified hypnotherapist to, to, guide the uh, awareness techniques i've been using this for decades with really good success it even works online because i'm i can see the person as they're reacting to my questions the person is not in a trance yeah because you're yeah probably not because you're answering questions the whole time um in it's both still cases, a trance state like you say but it's it's not a fully removed like there's some kind of anchoring in the present moment yeah, yeah, because you're 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 um, definitely you're 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 able to answer questions because you're seeing things and and moving around. There's a you know the the um, there's a little bit of I am always referring back to the present life. Like if I'm interacting with a significant personality, I mean if the my the person I'm guiding is is interacting with a significant personality, I've always been able to say. Um, without breaking any, any trance say, okay, does this seem, does this resonate with anyone that you know in your present life? And sometimes it's, you know, very apparent that they recognize who that person is, even though they're a different sex or a different age or a different role. Um, and I don't, I don't, I haven't had enough hypnotic sessions to know if hypnotherapists are, 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 if that's something that they do or they follow where they're, constantly referring to the able to refer to the present life. Um, I, I think it may be a philosophical thing where, where I'm acknowledging that it's all us and we're able to, you know, this person, it's, it's, I even, instead of using past lives, I've been referring to as adjacent lives, which is uh, something that was recommended to me by uh, Tam Mossman. Um, so um, yeah, I, again, subtle differences, but um, having, since I'm since I'm not a hypnotic subject, I can't really recommend the the uh, um, hypnotic practice. And I think just the fact that I don't claim to be a hypnotist, uh, there are people that are are interested in what I'm doing because they they're not interested in being hypnotized. And other people, they need a deeper train. I mean, some of the some of the hypnotic. I mean, I, I I'll get people. Um, the person is looking down at their feet in a past life, sometimes it's, you know, eight to 10 minutes of, of that going through that, that process of expanding mm -hmm. and doing the bubble thing. And some of the hypnotic inductions are 20 and 25, 35, 40 minutes long where you're constantly 
con- continuously relaxing and going deeper. And I'm, and I'm already there. Like, I don't, I don't need that. That's like, I, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to get the person's attention. If they, you know, I, I've tried it with other people. It's like, I've, I've been there for 10 minutes. Let's just, I just wanted to see what they were doing. Trans states and hypnotic states, these altered states of consciousness, there's a, a total spectrum and gradient of them that we experience in everyday life. And anyone who's into hypnotism and stuff will say that too. So it's not just like a on and off thing, or these things aren't totally inaccessible to us in our normal waking states either. Yes. Yes. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not an anti hypnotist, right. although the Swigards were not big fans of it in the book. He's, he's, he was, he makes a couple of comments about it. And it's, so I kind of had that in the back of my mind, but like, a, but like I said, I learned how to do it without hypnosis, so I never felt the need to to get certified in order to practice this. And and it's the some of the schools that teach this, it's like a week of training, and it's three and a half days of hypnosis and a day and a half of past lives. And it's like, okay, I already know how to do the past lives, so I don't really need the the three and a half days of hypnosis because I'm I'm not I'm not really interested in teaching people to quit smoking and stop chewing their nails and stuff. Um, so uh, no yeah. knock. I, I, some of my best yeah. friends are hypnotists. I can't. Right. What, yeah. So, so you're not you, saying it's so, not useful. You're just saying that it's not always absolutely necessary to. Well, my, yeah, and my point is that that was a fantastic in 19, like when Brian Weiss was doing his work, he, he did it in the seventies and wrote his book in 1980 and stuff like that. 50 years ago, I think people needed a deeper immersion in order to access this information. You know, we're in the third decade of the 21st century. I think we've I think we've come along and people have seen enough videos and been exposed to enough information. And I literally think the information is easier to access than it was 50 years ago. I think we've hundredth monkeyed the the uh, the technique, the, the uh, access to the, the information by this point. So it's like so let's just you know, let's just go to it. I mean, after after um, the I, I, that that whole stretching out of the body technique um after i've done that once or twice with someone i don't even need to do that it's just focus on an emotion and follow that into a past life like i do with the group it's just you know let an emotion from a past life bring you back and attract you back to it and and access it that way so it's really just the you know a a literal uh, introduction to your your ability to access past lives because you say you have a hard time being hypnotized or you can't be hypnotized. What was your kind of experience with someone trying to hypnotize you? Was it just like it was like you just there was no effect or what? I, there, there, you know, there are various things about like, you know, you, you can't open your eyes. It's like I can open my eyes any, at any given point. Like, you know, your eyes are so heavy. Gotcha. It's like, no, I can. I'm, I'm peeking. You know, I can absolutely like you know my yeah. arm i'm i'm holding my arm up you're, i'm not there's no none of that my arm isn't floating i it just it just didn't yeah. you know and again i work with really good people they you know but it's it just it just i'm not wired that way yeah you're not responding to the to the the command or the or yeah, the, yeah yeah the suggestion yeah, yeah you're not responding to it yeah but okay. but i look you know i you know I, I did some research on it and you know, very, very knowledgeable people, I quoted them in the book, said that, you know, anywhere from 10 to 25 percent of the population literally can't be hypnotized. Yeah. Um, yeah. I've heard that as well. Yeah. 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 So so and so people that don't want to be will will 
seek me out to do that. And uh, it works for everybody. And there, and there are people that, like I said, they need the, the, uh, um, that technique. And I've got friends that I will refer them to and, and they'll, you know, take 20 minutes to get them into a state in a open-minded state where they can access the material. And you're really so, big on giving credit to this awareness technique. Cause like you said before, you've encountered this all over the place, but you want to make sure to, you know, attribute it to the people who, who invented it. Yes. Because yeah. Cause it just kind of disappeared and I keep seeing bits and pieces of it in all of the, uh, in all the different process, even in the standard hypnotic regression technique, look down at your feet and tell me what you're wearing on your feet. That's your, that's the starting point. And I've, I haven't found any any earlier written um, of, uh, proof of that uh, before the 1970 publication of the Awareness Techniques book. So I did want to give uh, William Swigard uh, and Diane Swigard their credit for that. Are those original pamphlets scanned and available anywhere? Uh, yeah, they're online. And interestingly, Diane Swigard, the... Uh, Diane Swigert Harper is still alive. I'm in contact with her. And literally the weekend after I sent the book into Book Baby to, to, uh, um, to be published, uh, we talked on the phone and she told me that they are reissuing, they're revising and reissuing Awareness Techniques Book One. Um, because my goal was to have a $5 ebook on Kindle with the instructions out there. I was originally going to use the, the, uh, um, awareness techniques instructions, but there were some copyright issues. So I, it's like, okay, this is better that it's my past life journeying technique. Um, but now they'll be, they, hopefully they'll, they will get the awareness techniques uh, onto the Kindle store also. So, you know, this will live on, you know, people will always looking for it, will find something about it. And for, and, you know, I, I've, I've kind of given the story where the instructions are there, all the tips, guidelines to doing it, how to do it by yourself, how to do it with groups of suggestions. The the one thing I did differently is that um, I hadn't seen any other practitioners using their own uh, experiences. Uh, and I had so many of my own to choose from in specific areas that I was writing about that I used probably 80% of the, the uh, examples in the book, which I've noticed from reading almost every Kindle past life book doing my research, people seem to like the, these uh, examples. So I gave my own. But then in 2020, when I had my time awakening, I, when I wrapped my head around this kind of linear times, future lives and simultaneous time, I'd had the, I was first introduced it by Bruce Goldberg's webinar. And then I realized that the same technique that enables us to access past lives once you have an expanded awakening of time, always spelled respectfully with a capital T now, is um, works the same way to access a future life because it's all us and it's all now and it's all relevant to our, you know, our progression timeline and our, our journey. So um, I don't think I would have, you know, definitely before February 2020, I would have had any idea that I could use the awareness technique, what was basically the awareness techniques, to access a future life. And that's been, so I basically, I go back and forth. I'll do one future life. I'm, I've done like two dozen sessions exploring George over the last couple of years. It's just a fascinating personality and his lifestyle and all the stuff that's going on at the earth at that time. And then 
pairing that with this monk that I met in that same timeline and his spiritual progression to transcending the physical body after a lifetime of in a, in a monastery. And so they've become bookends for the work that I've been doing since, since uh, 2020. So the, the book is, was really at a point I had to just choose a stopping point, like, okay, here's the technique. Here's my journey to get to it. Here's, I did a, a middle section on time, you know, looking at Eric Wargo's time loops and uh, Bruce Goldberg's book and um, Michael Talbot's hip, um, holographic universe. And the, I found that Michael Talbot wrote a past lives book before he wrote uh, uh, holographic universe. And that was really informative to me. And then the last section was my future life. And it was like, okay, I'm going to put it off there. And then, what I'm working on now is like, okay, part two starts with my future life and going back and forth between a monk 30,000 years ago and future guy. Yeah. I want to talk a little bit about the idea of running a past life, what you mean by that, what the concept is. And then the whole idea, let's get in a little bit of this too. The whole idea of like each life that you have is basically a costume and that you are, that you're looking at the costume that you are wearing. And this is kind of um, an idea of what you're actually wearing in that past life. But then also the idea that that past life is a costume um, that is hiding your over self, I suppose. Okay. So so kind of like those concepts. Okay. So, uh, so William Swigard, uh, called it running past lives. And that's how I was introduced to it. So I've been calling, I've been using that for 40 years and decided to keep going with it. Um, he was in the film business. And um, even though he doesn't say it, he, he refers to uh, uh, running past lives as based on motion. But I think he had the idea as of someone in the film business of a, like a, a life as a film strip that you're running through a projector and you have the ability to stop and freeze frame to look at the each individual frame. You can fast forward or rewind if you want to look at, or if you don't want to look at that uh, film strip, you can go and pick up another one and look at it. So the, the film metaphor works really well for running past lives. An early version of this was called running past lives, but I, then I realized that Amazon's uh, algorithm would have it sent to the health and exercise books and it would get lost in the, uh, um, it wouldn't make it to the body, mind, and spirit section, and no one would see it if I called it running past lives. So, uh, journeying would, came worked out as a better title. And the idea of costumes is just something that um, the idea that every time, you know, every every era, if, if those of us that have lived through a certain, you know, first couple decades, if I look back at pictures of me in the when I was a musician in the 1970s or as a hippie in the 1960s in college, it was like, those were definitely, I was, I was wearing costumes in, in a certain mm-hmm. sense. It looks like a costume. And, and it, it was also my identity was formed around being a long haired college kid wearing a, an army surplus jacket and jeans and whatever I was wearing at the time, you know, every, in every era, we, we seem to have our own costumes. And um, one of the things about the awareness techniques is, Act, you know, getting into the past life, looking down at your feet, establishing what you're wearing on your feet, if anything, and where you're standing, and then building up your what you're wearing from the bottom of the of the from from the, from starting from your feet, moving up to lower part of your body, what's covering the upper part of your body, your hair, 
what's covering the top of your head. And what I've noticed is that you, by establishing the costume of the personality in whatever era you're accessing, whether it's a caveman, basically wearing, you know, covered in furs and with, you know, just furs covering every single part of his body or my space age, George, who's kind of got this form, you know, the Star Trek looking uniform and the booties and the, um, the long sleeve uniform. By the time you get to the, the top of the head, you have a, the costume gives you a sense of who the personality is. Um, and that's one of the ways that we, we establish ourselves as that person in that time frame, you know, because we're in a, we don't know what era we're going to go to. We don't know what sex we're going to be, what, what country, what nationality, what, what we're going to be involved in. So establishing what we're wearing is a really great way to, to uh, uh, figure out who that person is. I would be curious to know between these two bookends. So the guy thirty thousand years ago, and the person basically almost a thousand years from now. What are some of the lives that you've seen that you've been able to? What are some of the ones that make an impression on you? Well, it's interesting because you, if you if you want to see a you know just another life, almost always your consciousness will show you something that's relevant to your life now what you're going through at that moment and and literally you can do another session in two weeks and you'll life you'll something will have happened in your life and your other your adjacent life experience will reference what's going on in your life at any given point so so um so the monk in that case was you know i've i've those of us, you know, going through the lockdown, I wasn't able to do uh, group gatherings, wasn't doing it. You know, the meetup kind of went on on hold for that for three years. So I was kind of working on my own. So it was it literally was a kind of a monk like existence for a while. And so it was very interesting to see this monk diving deeply into the this his spiritual work. And it's interesting. Someone I didn't realize it myself till like someone else pointed it out. He would consult with his non-physical teachers, and then he would write down the um, the information that he got and hand it off to someone who was ex- who was compiling all this information as some multi generational uh, uh, spiritual project. And then I realized, oh, that's what I'm doing now. You know, I'll, I'll, I'm sitting in my house in, in Asheville and I'll do a session and I'll record it. And then the next day I'll listen to the session, I'll transcribe it and I'll add it to my body of work here. It's like, oh, I'm doing the same thing 30,000 years later. So it's like almost every time you access a life, there's, there's I've all, I can only think of one or two cases literally where somebody had, didn't feel they had that the life that they accessed had some, um, connection to their present life. Mm-hmm. So all of mine always, always have a, some connection to what's going on in my life. That's just part of the, the utility of this stuff. I mean, yes. Yeah. It, that's, that's it's interesting, but also you're exploring how this can, these different lives can inform and, and help you through this one. It's yes. Like a, and, and that's the, the practical application. Like I said, I, this has evolved over the last three years into my own. It's really my own spiritual practice in that sense and i don't you know i can't i don't know if anyone else is going to be interested in doing that but that's how i'm using it and it's it's a tool to be used for that because 
there are there are all these aspects of ourselves that we are experiencing and now we have a tool to see like sometimes things will just come into our life emotionally or whether through another personality or opportunities or challenges and they just come out of nowhere and sometimes it's it, now we have a tool to say where's this coming from like or what what did i do to bring this energy into my life and here's a, a tool you can address well and sometimes if it's like a personality that you're c connecting with um you can see how you've interacted with this personality in the past and what what is the business between the two of you that you're trying to finish that was left unfinished from that previous life and try to work it out in the present uh one of the things i, I added to that wasn't in the awareness tech original techniques was uh, doing um, like release technique and uh, um, expressing gratitude and forgiveness to the people involved or asking for forgiveness from the people involved. And uh, what, Delor what Dolores Cannon calls tearing up the contract saying, okay, listen, we've been doing this for lives. Let's just, let's call it quits. You know, you go, you're free. I'm free. All is well again between us. Go, go in grace and, and uh, let's not try to kill each other anymore or hold each other back or, or, or stop each other anymore. And um, that wasn't in the awareness techniques. That's just something that I've pulled in from yeah. various other practitioners doing the work. You talk about this uh, concept of unfinished business a lot, and, and it's, it's adjacent to ideas about karma, which fit into belief systems about reincarnation. But um, I think it's, you know, you've got your own take on it. Can you explain that unfinished business? Yeah, that, that was something that uh, William Swargod talked about in the, uh, the idea that we, we will come into a life intending to, to complete something. And a lot of times there's another person involved in that, in our completing with that. And if we don't complete it, we, it's almost like a, there's a, 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 a knot in the cord of time. And when we when it, by going back and finding out what our unfinished business is by bringing it into our conscious mind. And that's the one difference that, well, not difference. It's one variation that I do from the awareness techniques is the awareness techniques was a little bit cerebral. The idea that you just had to bring the, to know what the unfinished business was and it was released. And I think in the 2020s, there's definitely, there's an element of feeling the, the, the emotions that are tied up in, in, in the unfinished business and, you know, feel it to heal it kind of thing. Um, but the unfinished business could be anything. It could, you know, it could be good. It could be somebody that wanted to help you and wasn't able to, and you were avoiding or resisting, or it could be bad that they, you know, they tried to, they tried to kill you. Like a, a lot of what, the way we end the session is to go to the last day of that life and because since we know that that person is going to die and then finding out, you know, whether it's on the battlefield and it's unexpected or if you're in bed surrounded by your grandchildren, what your feelings are about that life, whether what that's a perfect example of unfinished business as you're sitting, you know, like I, I wish I'd kept doing. I wish I'd moved here. I wish I'd married Mary Sue or whatever. All the things that we have that are literally in our hearts at the time that we pass and various spiritual practitioners have noticed that that's the stuff that tattoos our soul in a very depth, very deep and, and, and powerful way. And with this tool, we can access that stuff. And, and, you know, and sometimes it's, it, it's a vow at the end of this, like, you know, the person that stabbed you, you you're just going to go, you, your idea is 
I'll get you next time, sucker, you know, or whatever, whatever, you know, or, or, you know, or, or thank you for helping me out of this or whatever it is. But there's definitely unfinished business right there at the moment of, of passing that we can go right to and, and make a part of the, 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 the session to, to and just just so you know what this information is, what you do with it is up to you. But now the information is in your it's in your field, it's in your consciousness, and you can choose to uh, you know again apply gratitude and forgiveness, or um, just tear up the contract and say that you don't want to deal with that person anymore or that situation anymore. Make your next stop at Nom Nom a grand slam. Nom Nom's Bases Loaded Flyaway Sweepstakes is your chance to score a free trip for two to see the Rockies play at Coors Field in Denver. Just download the app to enter. Nom Nom. Life in the snack lane. Yeah, and, and that relates to traumatic deaths too, right? Because that's seems like that's the thing that people think about most when they think about past lives or they've heard someone talk about uh, those memories uh, you go, you know, beyond that and talk about joyful experiences too, and things like that. But why is it that those um, traumatic deaths seem to come up a lot? Well, well, think about it. If a traumatic death would be sudden, and you're going to have more unfinished business with a traumatic death, you know, like if you're on the way to work, you, you know, you you, you don't kiss your wife goodbye, you don't say goodbye to the kids, you leave in a bad mood, and get hit by a meteor, you know, you, you know, what you're thinking is, Oh, I wish I'd let them know that I love them at my last chance to see them. Or, you know, that's, that's all unfinished business. That's in your, in your field at the time that you die and knowing that, and especially if those people are in your life in a different role or, or, or have been in your, or even if they're not now, you can just express gratitude to them for the time that you did have with them. Uh, whereas if you're in a, you know, most of the, if you're in a comfortable bed surrounded by your great grandchildren, you, it's much easier to say, as long as you like your great grandchildren, you, you know, it's, it's easier to say, you know, thank you for this lovely long life, you know, and, and I've, you know, a lot of the, the, um, uh, pre-industrial cultures it's you know where families were much more stayed together at a time you know the, you see that a lot more people are saying i just I had a it's been a wonderful life thank you i'm so grateful for all the people that would been around me and shared this with me so yeah I, I guess it does tie into unfinished business the trauma is definitely unfinished business because you weren't planning you know no planning to to leave at that point um talk about those anchoring in the extremely uh, happy and positive experiences as a way to explore. Past well, life. yeah. Um, well, it, it's funny because it ties in with uh, what Adam said about uh, the traumas is that very often the first time you do this in a session, the first thing that comes, well, I approach the idea that if someone comes to me looking for a session, that there's something from a past life that's coming up to the surface, just wanting to, to, to let you know about it. Your consciousness is tapping on your shoulder saying, this is here, let's look at it. And unfortunately, a, a lot of the time, it's something big and traumatic like that, that's lurking in the background that just wants to be released. Like again, if, if you had a traumatic death and you have this huge amount of unfinished business and that person is in your life, you're you're kind of on a, on a very unconscious, subtle level, you're being reminded of it on a regular basis that you have this unfinished business. So if your consciousness wants to bring it up, 
it, it's, it can be released that day in that session, um, but it, you also have to go through a traumatic death at that point. And I, you know, my goal is to never re-traumatize somebody. You can always um, step back and look at it from the outside uh, or, but again, but you're safe, you know, it's, you're in a chair um, sitting in, in front of a, a screen. Most of the time you're, you're, you're not in any danger. It's just the, the emotional trauma that's connected to that traumatic life. I want to ask you about this uh, a concept that you also talk about, which is the idea that through this, you can also explore what happens between lives. Yes, yes. Um, and that's just a natural point. Uh, Michael Newton and his life between lives introduced that to the probably to the most of the pub. Most people that I know uh, are familiar with that from his books, which I think were published in the 1990s. And um, basically the idea is if you had even one previous life at a certain point that life ended that person died and then your consciousness continued outside of the physical body and the awareness just by continuing to go forward and experience like what happens next what's the next significant event that happens following your your soul's journey your consciousness's journey as it leaves the body and goes into a into that non-physical, I call it the, the NP, the non-physical experience, um, which I realized when doing my, this work in 2020 is also out, when we're outside of physical form, we're also outside of time. So we're, we're um, we, and we have to learn how to navigate in, and never, you know, you have to learn how to navigate in a, you know, a, a female body in, in uh, South America, in the, 12th century and you have to learn how to navigate in a futuristic body in the 29th century you have to also have to learn how to navigate with not having a body and the steps that we go through the 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 initially where the our our spirit soul is very connected to the life it left behind and um people are just now starting to realize that the nde experience can be very much tied to the body. And, and as you move away from that incarnation, you move into a, a people go through different experiences. And I, I, I like to allow people to have their own experiences. Um, Michael Newton has a very um, regimented uh, set of kind of like a checklist that um, with, for people that go through the between life session with the, the, review the life review and seeing the council and preparing the life. And some people that I, that I work with don't really see that it's, it's just, it's uh, everybody has their own individual experience between lives, just as they do with in lives, but, but it's, it's just a natural part of the, of the uh, um, life death process. Um, but what a, a client pointed out to me, which is really interesting when, when I referred to the other side they they made me realize that we probably spend more time outside of the body than we do in like we're literally spiritual beings having these interludes of physical experiences as opposed to the vice versa you know just having a occasional you know we're, we we're part of our our consciousness is always outside the body um and we're, we're having a physical experience all the way. But then when we, when the, when that body dies, then we're all completely in with the, uh, the non-physical 
spiritual experience between lives. Correct me if I'm wrong, but you see these lives as opportunities for spiritual growth um, that we take in, in this world and not in like a more negative conception, like maybe some Eastern conceptions like Buddhism or things like that, where we're kind of, you know, our unfinished business is trapping us in this karmic cycle and and it's about eventually, you know, getting out of this altogether. You think this is like an ongoing thing that I guess what I'm saying is, do we overcome the need to incarnate? Well, I, I'm, 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 I'm hoping that by being aware of the fact that we've had multiple lives and that sometimes we've done the same situation, sometimes with the same people multiple times, then, then we're into the, the realm where the, that the Buddhists are talking about, you know, we're, we're trapped on the, on the, on the, in the, the web of uh, reincarnation because we have this unfinished business. So it's again, a practical application is just to figure out what the, you know, why do I keep coming back to, you know, when you find yourself attracting the same person into your, your relationships or the same job or the same issues. It's like, okay, no matter what I do, I'm attracting this. Why? And if it's tied to unfinished business, we can release it and hopefully make some progress that way, or at least, you know, get to a point where it's like, okay, I'm, I'm not going to let that bother me anymore. Let's talk a little bit more about this. Uh, some of these concepts around this future self. And if you want to talk a little bit more about, who this future self is and what you see the future self doing. Um, are there any impressions about what the world is like in this, in this time period? Uh, yes. And I have to admit, I'm, I, I was reluctant to talk about it um, because I'm not sure that, there aren't as many, like I call it a timeline. Like the, the this is called past life journeying. And what I'm doing now is called timeline journey. Cause once we've, we've started expanding, whether it's present, past, future, between lives, it's, we can construct the timeline of all our lives from at least in the earth school. You know, we've, we've, we've been here doing this, these, these incarnations on this planet. And um, other people have gone into the future and seen these magnificent, you know, um, futuristic, high-tech, wonderful worlds. And other people have seen totally dystopian hellscapes and George is somewhere in the middle with that. And so I'm not sure if, if every timeline, if we each have our own timeline as a, as a part of our spiritual journey, our, our soul's journey. And some of them are, are, you know, moving into, uh, nirvana on earth and some of them are involved in moving into this dystopian uh landscape that all these young adult books have been bringing out for the hunger games and stuff like that um so george the the positive stuff about him is that um i can totally see if if i was not in a body for a while if i had a, a chance to come back and uh, work at a spaceport interacting with multiple species coming and going from the earth at the time. It's like, I would, I'd jump on that, you know, but it also George's experience with where we're interacting with aliens is a part of our everyday life 
or or a part of our, our some people's everyday lives, it totally makes a se- makes sense that it loops back into my life and the fact that I just got back from contact in the desert and I'm you know I follow all the shows and keep up on all the UFO related materials and stuff like that because th- that's a part you know it's reflecting my interest in this is reflecting my adjacent experiences the fact that this is job that's what he does and he's working on it all the time so um so that part of it is um fascinating some of the other stuff is i don't know i don't think in 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 george's timeline i don't think things on the planet are going very well i don't think i don't think the physical uh environmental uh what the environment what's going on on the planet in in george's lifetime is very healthy at all in fact you know he's the 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 first image i had was him living in this domed house in the desert and um it was this beautiful image of i was laying lying laying in bed with my wife holding hands and because we're in a domed house, I don't need a roof on my house or I can remove the roof. And it's just, you know, the, the, the skies is just beautiful stars. You know, like I said, my, my perfect version of camping is being in a dome in the desert that's temperature controlled and there's no mosquitoes. And, and <laughs> I, you know, I have, I have a bathroom nearby. <laughs> you know, it's like, I'm, I'm not All a right. camper, but, but George's, ver- and I, it's funny, I keep getting drawn out. I just got back from Las Vegas. I, I drove to, flew to Las Vegas and drove to California just so I could be out there. It's like, th- there's something about that spot that I think has something to do with George, what George is going on. But the dark side of that is that I think we're living in domes because the, the environment outside is not friendly to human life anymore. And, um, you know, there's nothing with what's going on nowadays in 2023 that is, that is not, could, would not progress toward a, a, the Mm -hmm. environmental difficulties that are happening in George's lifetime. Right. So even though we've got massive amounts of technology, there's there are certain structural issues with the planet that are going on that I think the Earth is dealing with, and um, a lot a large part of the unpacking over multiple sessions with accessing George's life and the work he's doing was trying to wrap my head around what's really going on about that. Cause like, cause in a sense, like he's George doesn't know what's going on in 2023, just like Bobby doesn't know what's going on a thousand years in the past in, in North Carolina. It's like, I don't know what was here, you know, who knows what was here a thousand years ago, but I, but there are certain things that, that continue, um, you know, between now and then it's like the, the planetary conditions that are, you know, it's you know we're we're not heading in the right direction at this point. Whether it's a, a you know a multi a solar system wide uh, issue that people are seeing with all the planets heating up, or whether it's something that we've caused with industrialization over the last hundred years, it's we're definitely moving in the area where it could totally turn into what happens to George in the 29th century. So it's and I I'm, I'm on count, I don't want to I don't want to be that guy talking about we're, you know, the, we're going to, you know, it's going to be dystopian hell. I don't, you know, cause I think each of us have our own timelines and other people are going to move into a completely different timeline. This is, this is mine. 
Mm-hmm. And um, it's, it's fascinating, but it's also very challenging. We've been talking about how these past and future lives now, the insight that they've given you have, have really shaped an entire cosmology for you now. Like it's, it's shown you, you know, it's led you to these big philosophical questions about the nature of time itself, about the universe, about, you know, why we exist. Yes. Yeah. Very much. Yeah. I mean, you, if you just having the, the between lives experience, just having a life going through a, a full past life and then having that person die and just having the knowledge, Oh, absolutely. Our consciousness survives the physical body. I mean, that's, you know, science is still having, having problems with that, which doesn't really make, I mean, they can't prove it with uh, uh, equipment. So it doesn't exist that they can't, you know, um, measure it. They, they can't, it doesn't exist, but we, I know from my own experience and I can get clients to that point of seeing, yes, absolutely. Our consciousness exists and the, 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 the work and the learning and the, um, the, the spiritual experience continues between lives just as much as it does on this. It's not just, you know, sitting on a beach with a drink with an umbrella in it. You're, you're, your your consciousness is moving and the continuity of your consciousness that was kind of almost interrupted by this physical existence continues and after you after you run a, a whole bunch of lives you start realizing the thread of our non-physical experience is our our true consciousness and yeah it, it gets pretty cosmic after a while i mean that's in a good way that's yeah. that's that's who that's who we are again it's you know it's 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 very definitive proof that we are spiritual beings having occasional physical experiences and our lives are these physical experiences. Um, but then once you, once, once you realize that, that that's out of time, you know, a hundred year life in the physical body is when you're outside of time, is just like a, Oh, that, that happened like an event that happened as opposed to, you know, a, a century in the physical body and all the, all the, uh, every, all the events that went on in that century. It's just, again, the, the time thing was just as much of a spiritual awakening as the between lives thing. Just realizing that time operates completely differently than we've ever thought about. And again, other people have been talking about it. Jane Roberts was talking about it in this, you know, back in the seventies and I wasn't hearing it until I experienced it myself. And, uh, just having a sense of the feeling of time not moving was really fascinating. It was just, I can't describe it. It's just, it's an experiential thing that happens when you're in that between live state, like, oh, okay. Yeah. This is, uh, um, there's no clocks on the wall, no timers, no, nothing. It, it's just, just is this, I, I have this, you know, again, it's, it's a, it's a spiritual experience in itself of just being pure being. As a drummer, would you say that's like a, it's akin to like a groove? A, gro- <laughs> a groove that doesn't end. <laughs> Except you're always in time. <laughs> right. I was slowing up. I'm, speaking. <laughs> Actually, I'm curious. It's, more, it's like the groove becomes the ohm. Yeah. Unending ohm. It's just, oh, okay. You know, there's, there's no time to it, but it keeps, it moves anyway. It, it, movement without time. I don't know how to describe it. Uh, you mentioned you mentioned a few times in the book, and since you mentioned Jane Roberts and the Seth material, um, 
how do you feel you, you, about channeled material? It's funny. I opened the book with a the the that same uh, uh, UFO conference I went to. There was a, a woman there doing a presentation, and her first, and she yeah. said, "All of the material in this in this presentation has been channeled. Deal with it." And it was like, "Whoa, okay," because I at the time I was really not a big fan of channeled material. Um, but I, I, I talk about in the past life journey book about my coming into awareness of connect, finding books. And uh, uh, there's a woman here in Asheville named Paige Bryant who wrote a book called The Spiritual Reawakening of the Great Smoky Mountains and pointing out all these magnificent energy vortexes that we have here around Asheville. And uh, I remember picking up the book and going, oh, this is exactly what I'm looking for. I just moved to Asheville. And I'm just looking, and the first page said, this was channeled by my guide, Al, my Albion. It's like, I'm, no, I just wasn't really ready to hear that. And then I wound up meeting her at a local church here. And uh, it's like, okay, I have to, I'm, a, a slow awakening of a, of a locked consciousness about, about some of the channeled material. Um, and then later on, um, it, it's interesting the 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 Seth connection. I was never really a big Seth fan, but uh, uh, Michael Talbot, who wrote the Holographic Universe, wrote a book called Your Past Lives, um, uh, a reincarnation handbook, in which he actually mentions the um, uh, William and Diane Swigart, which I thought was nice of him. Um, but he has a whole chapter there about wisdom from discarnate entities. That, and it was like, okay, this is something I was completely dismissing, but I really respect Michael Talbot's opinion because of having read uh, Holographic Universe. So I, I, you know, opened my locked brain and listened to it. And he had a really, he turned me on to a person named Tam Mossman. Uh, Tam Mossman, the, the Seth connection is Tam Mossman was Jane Roberts' editor at Prentice Hall in for her for the first uh, seven years of her uh, authoring author authoring uh, her books first couple of years from 68 to 75 and then he said that after watching her channel for seven years at at a dinner party he just spontaneously started channeling this entity name of James and um he wound up leaving Prentice Hall and starting a, a quarterly magazine devoted to channeled material. Uh, again, this is so this is the late 70s when Jane Roberts books were in all the bookstores. The Romsa books were out. It was channeling was was kind of being exposed to the mainstream at that time. So he thought he could uh, um, bring it about by collecting some of the best of this channeled material. And. James, the, the person he channeled in the book that um, mentioned the, the best description of how our other lives, our adjacent lives affect us, that there was better wisdom than I'd heard from anybody else. Like he called it the pocket full of coins. Like imagine if all of your, if you're the, all the, a line of coins, each with a different year are lined up on a countertop with from 1950 to one end to 2050 at the other end. And he says, some mysterious force knocks the, the coins off 
the table and they land on the floor and somebody just picks them all up and puts them on the pocket. And now 1950 and 2050, instead of being separated are, are next to each other. Right. And then <laughs> as the pocket jingles, 1980 and 2050 are next to each other. And like, so, and so if that was our lives, instead of the coins, all our, all these adjacent lives that are, that are all happening at the same time are coming into contact with us. And then, which explains how sometimes events come into our life and up, up out of nowhere and cause an upheaval in our life, you know, for better or worse. And then it, sometimes they just move on and, and something else comes into our life. And it's like, Oh, that, so that's the, those coins are being rattled in that pocket of the, and, and uh, we're being exposed to all this different material. And that came from a channeled source. You know, as he called it, a, he said he was, uh, James was downstream from, um, from Tam Mossman, like a, a, and basically his future self that was uh, channeling through him. So, so that was, that was wisdom from a discarnate entity that I would have not had the ability to appreciate before this journey of the last couple of years. How does this all relate to thoughts on contacting other intelligences, whether it be, uh, extra ultra terrestrials or even others ghosts or past life consciousness. That's, that's great question. Um, so I, my continuing education is basically through podcasts, podcasts like yours and the ones that I follow and I'm a Patreon and I have been for a series of, and it's a series. It's a, it's every week I get, it's another lesson from somebody like, I didn't know that I wanted to know about Shakespeare. That 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 was that was great. That was a great lesson on the Shakespeare situation and the 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 last the most recent one. The uh, you know the, a very personal uh, uh, exposure to what AI is doing to the art world. You know that's fantastic. Mm-hmm. It's, it's literally continuing education for me. But what's most interesting is that in all of the podcasts, at least once, every podcast past lives is mentioned. It just, it, it just continue. I joked that it's like, uh, you know, shot time with kombucha shots. You're like, okay, whenever somebody says something, you take a, take a shot, like, oh, past lives, shot time. You know, it's just, it, it just comes up all the time. And um, so when I was at my first contact in the desert in 2019, the first presentation I saw was Ray Hernandez. At the time he was doing free, the foundation to research, uh, and extraordinary encounters. There's, there's three E's. I keep forgetting what they are. But in one of the first um, uh, slides in his presentation was um, 27% of, of people of contactees report a past life component to their experience. And I went, I'm in the right place. This is perfect. It's, it, you know, it's these these things are lining up for me. Like th- there is something um, uh, I, in other in another. Uh, continuing education podcast. I was ex- someone was doing a deep dive into John Mack's work and the book Abduction, and there's like 28 references to past lives in the in the the 11 cases that he covers in uh, the Abduction book. That I, I probably read that a long time ago, and I you know I read it as a UFO book, and now looking back as as a as a past life practitioner researcher, it's like. This is fascinating. There's definitely a component of this where it's just the 
the consciousness is being exposed and people, when that happens, whether the, 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 the contact experience opens people up with the abduction experience or vice versa, whether you're going into a future life and then realizing that interaction with other species is very commonplace in the future. We, you know, the, the, the two worlds come together very nicely. Uh, and now if you, if what the, a, a very, a much further application of this work is the idea of the earth school that, um, I think Dolores Cannon mentioned this the first thing, like um, when the, the uh, web telescope pictures were coming out, I have a, a, um, a newsletter I was sending out and every month there'd be another one. And I would just go, I'd put this out and just say, listen, this is a million miles away, looking away from earth. And they're just, there's endless galaxies, not, you know, solar systems and galaxies and stuff like that. There's no way that we're alone. This, you know, and we don't need the Goldilocks planets. I mean, they're looking for the Goldilocks planets because they think life has to be on the surface of the planet, right. doing you know, in these shaved ape costumes that we're wearing. You know, but life will life. find That's a like, way. Often, yeah, yes, life will find a way. Yes, and in multitude of forms. And once we clear up some of this unfinished business from our present lives, we can start expanding into areas like okay, like. Uh, um, a practitioner once said, sometimes the people, what one of the issues that people present to me is why, what I can't find my purpose in life. Like, so, okay. So previously I would say, okay, let's go back to the previous, let's go look at the what between lives before you came here, look at the plan for this life and see, you know, what did you plan to do? And if it didn't work out, how can we bring it back into realization? Like he said, no, go back. Why did you come to the planet earth for the first time? Like literally what, you know, if you want to know what your real purpose is, what are you doing on earth? And then looking at, so now I'm looking at the timeline of all my lives on earth and from a caveman to uh, George in the future. And it's like, there's totally a through line there of consciousness of working to, you know, like that monk was probably the, in the past was probably the completion of my journey which was where i transcended my physical form so on some level thirty thousand years ago i completed my journey yet here i am in asheville in 2023 still talking about it it's like okay wrap your head around that you know it's pretty it's pretty different but I, yeah so that's where the world's the world's kind of come together where like with with george's life it's in a future life we're absolutely interacting with other species on a regular basis and it's you know, we've had a couple hundred years to deal with it. You know, it's going to the, the generation that it finally has to go through. It is going to be the one that's got to deal with all the repercussions of it. But at a certain point, it becomes, you know, it's like immigration or whatever. You know, you, people resist it and then it's welcome because of the the different attributes that people bring to the equation. They just these people just have to be from other planets with different technologies and different consciousness is also so yeah we said we can absolutely and i've and i've done that that's part of the work that i've i've been working on and haven't really talked about very much because i don't want to scare people off i think i want to bring them in the door before i scare them off with and then the aliens came in and then i was talking to an alien and it's like oh <laughs> run away you might, you might have had a past life or future life or adjacent life uh, on another planet that's very possible absolutely and 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 Yes, we all have. And, and Dolores Cannon, again, there's this 
grandmother from Arkansas with her with a perm sitting there talking about absolutely there's all these planets this is just one of the planets that we chose to have experiences on and if you know if the universe is a 14 billion years old and we were on earth for a million years we've still got a lot of time to spend on all these other places exploring these other things and of course it's a different it's a different timeline we have a different uh, um, skill set and a different uh, goal for that uh, that other planetary existence but why not why not look at it because it just because it put it this way if your consciousness is interested in it then let's look into it let's see what that's going what you know what what about that is drawing you to it like i when i went to the the uh laughlin um uh ufo concert con conference that was the first time i realized that all the conferences have what they call experiencer gatherings where it's a safe space in a in a um a smaller room where people that have had contact or abduction experiences can talk to someone and be in the in the in a room with other people that have had these experiences and even though you're at a ufo conference this is even a more exclusive group of people that have all had this this experience. And, uh, and I thought, Oh, that would be a per I'd love to meet one of those people and talk to them because um, significant personalities in our other lives tend to recur. So if a significant personality in your life happens to be the alien that either contacted or interrupted your journey, that we can, that's an area we can explore. Um, and I, I haven't had the chance to work with other people, so I'm using my own self as a test case about that. And that's book three. That's uh, that's to, to be. The, I'm still working on that. So this book really took me up to like June or July, the summer of 2023, 2020. And I've had all this work with George and the monk and all this other stuff since then. And then. Moving on to, I've I've looked already looked at my lives on other planets and in other forms uh, since that's where my consciousness went. So, uh, but again, that's I'm not ready. You know, that's I, I have to let people know about George and and the monk and all that and that part of the journey first. So um, it's down the line if I if I get to that. Cool. So so um, I'm intrigued. Um, I saw a past life guy at a UFO conference uh, at contact in the desert. There was a last minute cancellation and a woman named Sarah Cosme uh, made an appearance unannounced. I happened to was going to the bathroom and I ran into her, her presentation and I caught a bit of it. And I, I saw that I, I heard the ad for strange realities. And I saw that you had a, you were talking about a woman that does past lives. Did I get that correct? So I've got Cheslin, who is a friend of mine. She's a hypnotist. Oh, okay. Um, so he'd be a hypnotherapist. And uh, she has done past life regressions. Oh, okay. Okay. I, I just, so, again, past lives jumped out of me and overwhelmed me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so she, um, she uh, recently, and you can find this on uh, Nevaeh's Nightmare channel. I'll give it a plug again. Uh, there's actually where she uh, did a hypno hypnotic regression on Nevaeh, which was interesting. Oh, cool. So okay. you guys can go and watch that. Um, Weren't you talking about doing it possibly, Adam? Uh, uh, maybe. I don't know if I'll film it. 
but maybe All yeah. right. we'll see. Yeah. I'm interested to hear any <laughs> insight you have from so my, yeah. my idea. The reason I brought it up is because my idea is to seed this technique throughout to, to into the, the paranormal conferences and let people know again, whatever form hypnosis, non-hypnosis, um, you know, guy, whatever, whatever, however you use just this tool is out there. I think pe- more people need to be ex- exposed to it. So anytime I see someone else doing it, it's not, it's uh, we're all in the same boat. It's like, you know, a rising, rising tide just lifting all these boats. Like, I'm, I'm so glad to hear that somebody is interested in that and people would be, you know, interested enough to have somebody involved. Oh, so speaking of which, there was a guy at contact in the desert that did something that I'd never heard of. Uh, Dr. Jeffrey Long, he has a book out. He's a, um, he's a, it's, he's a physician who's been discover, um, exploring near-death experience for years and his whole presentation, actually it was the workshop, was about people that have a near-death experience and instead of going to the light and seeing their grandparents, they go to other planets. And I literally had, I just heard that like in the last month on, on uh, um, a different podcast. Um, and here he was doing a whole presentation on it. And he, he actually had a, a, a he did. He tapped. A, he brought a phone call in from a, a, the person that he was working with, and they were talking about the the uh, um, uh, hurt their experience. But apparently, there were enough people for this to be an entire area of of a uh, um, research for him. And I'd literally never even heard of it. That's that's just wild. That is absolutely wild. And and another. Again, another piece, all these are little pieces of the puzzle. I'm bringing one from past lives. He's bringing one from near-death experience. People bringing them from shamanic journeying, from uh, DMT experiences. Um, um, AI, God help us, is, is maybe a part of the equation. I don't know about that. Uh, but um, it's, it's all, all the different pieces that we're bringing together. And, and uh, I'm always fascinated to hear other, when, it, when it comes up into the conversation. Yeah, I think a lot of uh, the explorations in the Western world of these themes kind of all happened in tandem, you know, with uh, like uh, Vincent Trewall on his last Strange Realities presentation really explored how, uh, you know, spiritualism developed along the, the same time as these ideas of the, you know, the very first contactee, proto-contactees. And so maybe you know all this kind of became these separate things, but maybe they were all coming together again. Yeah, and I never and I wasn't aware of the contactee connection to that time frame. That was fascinating. That was the, literally the first time I'd heard that information. Again, my continuing education through your through your podcasts and uh, and uh, presentations are just fantastic. Yeah, so, someone might channel a Tibetan master. Someone else might channel a <laughs> space brother. You know. Yeah, yeah, and. And what is, you know, what's the connection? Yeah. What's the difference? Right. Yeah. I know that she's going to do a, some kind of hypnosis workshop. I don't know if she's incorporating past lives, but that may be a part of it. So who knows, but I just, I just jumped on the, (laughs) I just heard something about it that made me think, Oh, yeah. Yeah. Jump on that highway and come on down to Nashville. Oh, I, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I'll, I will make it this year. Now that I've met you guys awesome. on, on the phone, I will definitely do that. Thank you. Awesome. That is that is excellent. That's excellent. We're, we're glad to have you hang out with us here. All right. I, 
And also too, whenever you get the next book out, we should have you on again for that. Oh, it's going to be a while. I'm, <laughs> I'm still recovering, but yeah, but thank you for the, the invite. I'll definitely gotcha. be in touch when it happens. Gotcha. But for well, now, uh, that's a past life journey by R.C. Baranowski, exploring past, between, and future lives. Available on Amazon ebook and, and paperback. All right, awesome. And, and where can and where can people uh, reach you if they would like a session? Are they like to see much. some of the work that you've done? Thank you. Uh, my website is pastlifeproject.org. Pestlivesproject.org, P-A-S-T-L-I-V-E-S project.org, or pestlifejourneying.com will bring you to the website. And I've got my, um, my, I've got a blog. I post all my, the new, you know, past lives in the news and the media, all my information that comes up uh, over there. I have a, a monthly newsletter I send out with information and tips and, and, ideas uh, on a regular basis so check out the mailing list and um other uh, there's a facebook presence it's kind of a mess past life journey is there's a page for it but i'm still putting it together and i just want to point out that in past life journeying there is uh meth- detailed methods for uh running these uh by yourself also yes yeah with tips yeah and but also the the instructions to have someone read them right. to you and guide them so you can be guided too. And, and, uh, yes, I, that's, and that's how I learned, you know, people got the instructions and read them to me and from the awareness techniques. And that's how I learned them. And, and I did that with past life journeying to make it available to people. Cool. So they always like more out. experiential stuff. For sure. Yes. Yes, absolutely. Right. Yes. Yeah. Awesome to have you on Bobby. Uh, Stay on the line for us. We're going to close out the show. But guys, uh, coming up here on the 28th, which just should be out before then, on Wednesday the 28th at 8 p.m. Eastern time. So find out what time zone you're in. We have uh, John Brooks going to be speaking about the question of the historical Jesus. This is kind of an add-on to the show that we did with him about the, the the Jesus myth idea. So uh, he's going to be doing a presentation and taking questions and all that. And that's, uh, that is available for our mystic crew, but also available uh, and on Eventbrite. I will put the links on this show, um, but you guys should have already heard the interview, that short interview I will do with him tomorrow, time travel, how it works. I'll put that, <laughs> I'm going to have that up on the feed, but that'll be up, you know, what? It's it's sounds like past it, and future it's, lives. It's it is. It's it's something like that. It's adjacent at least. All right. So guys, we really hope that you guys can join us for that. We're starting to do these again every month. This is going to be the third one this year. And Surfiel can tell you where to find that. You can find that at patreon.com slash conspiranormal, where you too can join the mystic crew of conspiranormal. And I've heard rumors that Bobby B is a member as well of that esteemed society. That's at patreon.com slash conspiranormal. All right, guys. Thank you for so much. We'll be taking uh, a little bit of a break, but uh, we will be back after the 4th of July holiday for some more great shows. Don't know yet what it will be. So you just got to come back and find out on Conspiranormal.